Everybody to the TKW podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo. Follow me on Twitter at Corbo Anthony. Uh, I'm joined today by my wonderful co-host Kyle Maggio. At Kyle Maggio. What's going on, everybody? And the man himself, Brian Giberman. How's everyone going? Doing? What's up? How's everyone going? That didn't really make any sense. It's been said many times in the past. You're not the first. Uh, follow him. He's he's at Brian Giberman on Twitter. <laughs> Follow the Knicks Wall, we're, we're, you know, the Knicks Wall on Twitter, TKW Podcast. Finally got the keys to the account back. Shout out to Matt Spendley uh, for giving me that password. So TKW Podcast account is back and running again. Uh, yeah, what else? Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head to our iTunes page or your podcast uh, platform of your choice. Give us that uh, five-star review. Give us the subscription. Give us all those great things. Uh, and then... Last but not least, head to thenextwall.com. We've got plenty of content there. Uh, links out to everything else that we're doing. Just stay in the know. Basketball comes back tomorrow for the Knicks today, if you're listening to it, most likely. Uh, and we're stoked. But I, I don't know. It's been so quiet this week. I, I know we recorded an episode on you know Sunday night, and I know we're going to this point now where we're like a day after where we usually record. But I feel like I haven't recorded a podcast in like three months. It's been like four days. It's unbelievable. It's only felt like four days to me. <laughs> I just, you know what? I've been like, I had to like even quick catch up on all the things that are going on with the Knicks right now. Cause I've just been like, I've been taking my all-star break. I haven't listened to like any, you know, NBA podcasts. I haven't listened to, uh, I haven't really paid attention to much that's going on. Like, you know, within, uh, the player relations side of things, like, I didn't even really watch uh, Duke UNC last night. I only stayed for the highlights there. But, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, the Christmas break is over. We're getting back into it now. And uh, uh, so let's. why don't we start with the game? So Zion Williamson had his shoe explode in a fashion like we've never seen before. Although Kyle re- reminded us right before we started recording about Tony Roten doing something similar in 2013. Um, but, yeah, I mean... The shoes couldn't hold him. You take a look at it. The, the, the sole just straight ripped off of that. And now Zion Williamson has a, has a, a knee sprain. It's not major or anything. But, uh, yeah, what a, what, a, what a scary moment for Knicks fans all over. Yeah, I mean, we, we have all of our hope invested in getting that number one pick. If nothing else, you know, that, that's at least one thing. If, if we get that pick, we can control that we're going to get a Zion. But uh, for a moment there, uh, everybody held their breath. Uh, I didn't think it was overly, uh, it looked overly bad, but you never know with knee injuries. It might not need to look bad sometimes. So, turns out I think it was just a strain, and thankfully, uh, the future is intact. So I have a couple angles here. One, from a scouting perspective, and this was my first time watching Duke. I had watched North Carolina previously, but Michigan kicked the shit out of them so badly. It was completely useless, and it was very early in the season. From a scouting perspective, Zion not playing in that game, I actually found more helpful because we all know what Zion is. I I don't know personally, but every single person that I trust from a draft perspective thinks he's far and away the number one pick. Like We really don't need to see him play without exposed to some of these other players a little bit more and learn more and, and learn about them in a fashion we wouldn't have gotten to if Zion was playing. So That's the other fair. guys to like take a look at are, you know, other than Zion on the team, obviously he only made it one minute, didn't really record any counting stats, but then you had uh, RJ Barrett went off for 33 points and 13 rebounds, uh, you know, last night. And then Cam Reddish had another 27. Um, I didn't watch this game, but you know, for, for either one of you who did like, those are some big numbers for those guys. And, I've heard mixed things since the game and, you know, about their performances and about just how great this shows the divide between them and Zion. But, you know, look, just looking at the counting stats now, they look pretty solid. What, what was it about 
you know, Barrett and Reddish that kind of like didn't quite get them to where they needed to be last night. They're just, they're both inconsistent in different ways. Like Barrett, there was like a Harley, right? As I go to talk, um, no, but Barrett's like a streaky shooter right now. Uh, I think he translates well as a, as a pro, um, but you know, he's just is what he is. He's a young streaky shooter. And, um, you know, he wasn't really on. And then uh, Reddish, Reddish looked pretty good, I thought. And, um, you know, he's another one that's uh, very in play. Any one of these kids are very in play for um, the Knicks. But I, I like what um, we talked about this in our Slack chat, but we were talking about Reddish's defending a little bit. And I, you can never have enough of those kind of like long, active defenders. So um, that, I, I saw some good things. And, and to Brian's point, yes, like it, when, when Zion's missing, it does force you to really focus in on those other two guys. So um, I, I don't. I still don't know which I really prefer. I know everybody thinks Barrett's the lock for number two, but uh, I, I got to watch them just a little bit more closely here down the stretch. Yeah, so what I'm going to say here, I'm going to give some general thoughts from some guys on Duke and North Carolina here. This is just like my initial first time watching him. It's not like a, a, I'm not like married to any of these opinions, but it's just me giving my first thoughts, seeing these guys for the first time. With Barrett, there, there is good, but I think he's a little mechanical at times, and he misses some very simple reads. But he does get to the basket very easily. The shot, I thought, was more good than bad. But when I was watching Duke, it was like Reddish was the guy that just jumped off the screen to me. He has this jab step that makes guys really fall back, and he creates a ton of space. His handle and creation ability was much better than I was expecting with how people talk about him. I liked how he, he had a nice, he had a couple spin move type things where he really leveraged mm-hmm. his way into the lane. Reddish was someone I, I found myself, like I just kept zeroing in on him. He really jumped off the screen to me. And the other dude who's not off. So is it Trent Jones or Trey Jones? Trey Jones. Trey Jones. So, I was expecting more out of him offensively. Like he really, he doesn't try and create for himself at all. That surprised me. But defensively, I had heard a real lot about the North Carolina kid, Colby White. And I was expecting him to, I was expecting, he was someone I was really looking forward to watching. And Jones just absolutely locked him up. He couldn't do anything against them. He was up in his grill and he contained him as good as you can see what an elite, an elite type college point guard get defended it, it that was truly truly impressive so uh, kind of taking a look at some of the other guys here one of the other names that have really popped up uh on the college basketball radar since the beginning of the year was nasir little um and i you know i'm taking a look at w- what his stats looked like too he shot you know one for three he only played 11 minutes he had two points uh i know he's a bit of a uh, project, you know, he, he's young. He's definitely not grown into the player he's going to be. But is there did did he show anything in his eleven minutes that would make him kind of like is is, is he a lock for kind of that higher lottery side too, or do you think that he kind of falls a little bit? Do you think he stays for another year? What do you think happens with him? Uh, I thought he Kyle, go ahead. Uh, I I don't I don't have any thoughts on him. I I don't really like. I see a nice player, but I don't like see it. It you know, like some guys you watch, like uh, even if you're not high on like a reddish or a Barrett, or you know, some people aren't even high on Zion for whatever reason. But you know, it, they at least look like to me like they translate as pros pretty well. And I, I don't really, I didn't really get that like a, as strong of a read on him there. But uh, I, I don't really know uh, about whether you know he you know comes back for another year or not. I'd imagine if he's going to be uh, in consideration for the lot uh, the lottery area that he, he, he wouldn't, you know, return, but yeah. in, in this single game, he was horrifyingly terrible. He, he didn't look like he belonged on the court. That one shot he made was uh, banked in off the glass from like eight feet dead on that. He wasn't trying to do. He didn't, he didn't know where to be on the court He had no idea how to play defense. He didn't know how to play offense. It was, he did not look like an NBA player at the time. The dude who really stuck out of North Carolina was Cam Johnson. That guy is smooth. Yeah. Yeah, he was good. And, 
I, I, that was the other part of it too. Is like I watched a bunch of Duke this year, so like I kind of know what, what you're getting with with those guys and that team. But I don't, you know, I haven't really watched any North Carolina this year, and um, a little here and there, but nothing, nothing really. And it was nice to get a a good look at them clicking a little bit. You know, uh, I I enjoyed that just because I don't watch often enough, so it was nice to see that at least. So. But overall, you guys don't think this really does anything to impact Zion's draft stock, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. No. Absolutely. His one. his his bone would have had to pop mm. through his skin for there to be any any worry, you know. The, but him just kind of rolling his leg over, and that's kind of a testament to his frame too, because that that was a pretty everybody kind of gasped. Very awkward and, ball. Very awkward fall, yeah. you know. Like for a lot of people, that that could have been really bad. I was I was just gonna ask, like, does this end his season? Does he? Do you think he comes back and plays another game for Duke, or do you think that I, at this point he's just gonna solidify that lottery spot? He's just gonna solidify the number one pick. What else does he really have to play for? I I think he's gonna come back and play. I don't think he should. I think it's in his best interest not to. Um, this is a layup to be the number one pick here. But, you know, if it's just a strain and it really wasn't that bad, I I have a hard time thinking it's that just, he's going to miss the rest of the season. It's interesting because he's like I, – I don't think in recent years we've had this established of a number one pick. Like, I, I feel like in the most recent drafts – you know, I could be wrong, but, the you know, in, in the more recent drafts of the last three or four years, you have like – other than maybe like Carl Anthony Towns at the time, but you have like – all the, you have most of these guys who are in the running for like the top five picks or the top four picks, but I can't remember anybody recently having such a hold over the number one spot like Zion does. And I've just you know when he's at this at this point, like I I, I probably would not play if I was him, but yeah, you know, I'm not. So being complete, I don't even like this discussion. I think he, it's his life and he should just do whatever he wants to do, and it's none of our business what he chooses. One hundred percent. And if he wants to play, that's his right. Go play. If he wants to sit, that's his right. Go sit. I'm a Michigan fan, so in terms of that, mm-hmm. he should sit so Michigan can win the national title easier. <laughs> that's my only that's fair. my rooting interest. I want him to sit because it's easier for Michigan to win a national title. That's fair. I mean, it's like you're saying. Overall, it is. It's his choice. He can do whatever he wants. If he doesn't want to play anymore, he doesn't have to. If he doesn't want to. Uh... You know, there's nothing that's going to make him play, but if he wants to keep playing just because he likes playing basketball and, you know, he might actually be kind of driven to try to win the national championship. So it's just, you know, it's it's uh, it's an interesting predicament, but one of these things where I don't think he can really lose either way. But anyway, why don't we turn our focus a little bit more to the team that we're supposed to be covering, uh, the New York Knicks, who have not made... It's been a quiet week, obviously, since uh, you know, since the dunk contest and, and Dennis Smith getting into the final. And there you know, hasn't been anything going on too heavily since then, except for uh, a couple of signings. We have uh, John Jenkins, who came up from our G League team. Uh, he has now signed a two-year deal with the team. Next year is non-guaranteed, correct? Uh, I think it's something like one point three yeah, million it's, non-guaranteed. Yeah, second year is non-guaranteed. Right. So along with him, they've also brought out some outside help. Uh, Henry Ellenson, formerly of the Detroit Pistons, a former first-round pick of the Detroit Pistons, who spent a lot of team a lot of time with the uh, Grand Rapids team. Um, I almost call them the Griffins because I only know what the Grand Rapids ho- uh, like AHL hockey team is, but it, what are they, the Grand Rapids Drive, yeah, uh, yeah. But Ellenson and Jenkins joined the team. Uh, obviously, the Knicks have had quite a little bit of, of roster turnover recently. You're, you know, obviously Cantor's gone. You had the Porzingis trade and all the pieces that came from that. And now Wesley Matthews is gone too. Uh, so there's definitely some some holes to be filled for this team, and definitely a chance to. Uh, show off some of the some of the potentially G League talent to just see who can uh, get back into the fray. But uh, Brian, let, let's start with you. Just kind of give me your overall impressions on you know John Jenkins signing with the team for two years and and Ellenson joining on a ten day deal. 
Oh, the most important part of the Jenkins contract is that you can make it a one-year expiring contract for just under $2 million that can be used in a trade. That's where the value in Jenkins' contract comes in next year if they need to put together a deal. It's more salary that you can use. Uh, Henry Ellison, I don't think I've ever watched him play a single second of basketball, college or the NBA. Yes, same here. I, I was... <laughs> I was kind of digging around to see what I could find on him today. I, I, I know like, and I've watched the games where they played the Pistons in the past, and I know that he, he was either present or playing, and for the life of me, I can't remember anything about him. So I wish I had something insightful to say here, but you know, I, I, I saw some people talking about him, what they liked about him. Uh, some people say he's athletic, a big body. Um, basically, he's tall. So he's a really, really nice pickup. If you uh, have ever played the basketball GM game, uh, if you ever, you know, basketball GM.com, a little plug for them, but just uh, sign, you know, when he becomes available, he's one of those guys that ends up like irrationally skyrocketing to like starter level. So, uh, you know, if his virtual presence has any, uh, you know, inclination on how he'll be with the Knicks, then this is a great pickup. What's, what's that game you were just talking about? You never played basketball GM? No. Oh man, you're gonna get hooked. It's uh, it's basically like just a really simplified version of like 2K GM mode. Uh, you just like you know you can like download a roster from the internet that has all the player files and like ra- ratings in it and everything. Uh, and then you just kind of like can upload that to the game, and then you can do like a GM mode with like a salary cap and, and finances and everything, and just kind of simulate three seasons of uh, you know, trying to make the finals and stuff. Uh. Yeah, it, it's it's wonderful, and uh, yeah, all of you go play it because honestly, it's it's a it's a great way to unintentionally waste like six hours. Um, so Jenkins, obviously, we've seen a little bit out of, and like you're saying, like his his contract and the things that they could potentially use of that are probably the most interesting things about that. But I, I think there's actually like probably a, a rotation NBA player in there, uh, you know, fringe rotation guy. But you know, he's a uh, I'm I'm excited to see a little bit more out of him at least for the rest of the year. Uh, we obviously are kind of weak at shooting guard now since the Hardaway trade and and Wesley Matthews got bought out, so there's definitely some minutes there. Uh, but speaking of that spot and just the backcourt in general, uh, Frank Nielakina and Emmanuel Mudiay haven't played since the trade went down. They haven't played since you know a while before the All Star break, but. Uh, all signs seem to indicate that they. I don't think anything official has been announced yet, but they will likely be back for uh the game uh tomorrow correct i think frank's missing the game frank's okay so frank frank's likely going to take a little bit longer which could be a little bit more damning than we're even giving credit for but you know now you have this guard rotation of dennis smith jr who's probably locked in as a starter for the the remainder of the season and you have kadeem allen who's played well enough to justify you know all the minutes that he's getting right now especially on this team uh, but then you also have guys like Moutier and you have the Alkina who obviously have to get into the mix here. And it's just, it seems like we're, we got rid of Trey Burke, but we're still in the same situation where we just are loaded up at these, at these guard positions. And, and somebody is going to kind of have to pay the price for that. I, I was talking about this with, with some of the fans from the TKW account yesterday. And, you know, I, I, I tweeted basically that this is the last thing that Fizdale should try to do is, is like thrust Moutier back into a lineup with Dennis Smith Jr. Um, because it's very obviously a bad decision. It is pairing Dennis Smith Jr. with a very worse version of Dennis Smith Jr. And I think Moutier's much improved this year, but, you know, I it, it doesn't make any sense. So those set of comments anyway, I'm going to wait and see what Fizdale actually does. Um Again, we know he's kind of a player's coach. This is a conversation we had in our Slack chat earlier, uh, which which is fine. But you know, doing it with like an Emmanuel Moutier is a little bit, a little bit strange. But I mean, maybe he's just trying to do it with Solid. Uh, we we knew he loved him, uh, you know, since he got hired here. Basically, this was his little project. So I I, I don't know, but it, that's I think that's the obvious odd man out. You know, I don't know that you could squeeze Kadeem Allen. When he's playing really well on both ends of the ball, I just don't think he um, can. He's really, you know, proven to earn his spot at this point. You know, it's like he's kind of proven more than the other guys have so far this season. I think he may have done more than Neil Aquino's done all year. 
I mean, he's playing consistently well on both sides of the ball, while, and he's actually, you know, filling up the box score too, which it, it, it's very evident when you watch him how active he is on both ends. So, um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's earned it. I, I don't know how much time we're going to see Jenkins get on the floor, but I, I can't, I, I can't see them not playing Allen. Uh, Allen. It makes no sense. I'm not going to overreact to the quote about Fisdale talking about playing Dennis Smith and Moutier together yet. Yeah. I'm going to get, uh, he's going to try it. There's like, it's going to happen. I, I, yeah. It, yeah. Like, Fisdale is his, he, he, I, he has an unusually large ego for a coach is a thing that I'm fairly confident. How saying. soon until we see a lineup of, of like Moutier at the three. But so I'm just going to I'm going to let it happen. I think Ty tweeted that out earlier. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm going to let it breathe. I'm even I'm not even going to like when it happens on Friday, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to react. I'm going to give it like a week when it, if it when not if when it fails miserably, if he goes like past a week of doing it, I'm going to lose my shit. Like it, I, the I, team sucks. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm really not asking for a lot. I just want to watch my shitty basketball team play players I want to watch in lineups that make somewhat, so or like somewhat logical. I just. That's all I'm asking UDA, for here. I can't believe he's still on the team. Like I don't know how they could like I, like just trade him for nothing and at least give Fizdale the cop out so he doesn't have to deal with his comments from the beginning of the year. This guy is it, just overpromising it, already, but it's just it's it's wild that he's even still around. It would have been smarter to trade him instead of trade Burke because Fizdale would just sit Burke yeah, and apply. True. I mean, we're we're gonna have to see. Yeah, you know, we honestly, God, like Fizdale has been this coach that's talked about accountability so much, and you know, it, it's Moutier. Yeah, he's had some big scoring games, but like I I just feel like if you're an NBA coach you kind of have to be able to look past that and look at how your team fits together. Like, that's that's kind of your job. Uh, I don't know. Guys, we have some breaking news, though. Uh, July 16th, 2021. Space Jam 2, official release date. 2022? 2021. Oh, 2021, sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right, I mean... I hate when they announce movies and they're like two years away. I, that always how, that always bums me out. How does it take till twenty twenty one to make the next Space Jam movie? Just recycle the clips from the last movie and just put LeBron James over I, Michael Jordan. I, I don't understand I just, what is the difficult. I feel like yeah, I feel like so much can happen between them too. I, I think like, this movie gets like I think they're gonna like have a script and they're gonna throw it out at one point and like they're gonna like go through three directors and everything. Like I don't think this movie is coming out till like twenty twenty four. This is like um. When DC announced their their new universe and and how they were gonna you know put lay the movies out one by one, and they set like the the flash target date initially was like 2018 and I was like okay yes that's awesome, and this was like a year or two in advance already as it was, and then all of a sudden it was like 2019 and I was like okay 2019 and then it was like uh 2020 oh maybe there's not even a movie now and I was like no no like we we should have had the why would you announce that there was a movie coming and then not do the movie. You know, it's just, it's a long time to wait, you know. Did you see that Anthony Davis is going to be on the shop, too? I, it, it's just, it's it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny the legs LeBron goes to, to, to just, like that picture he had with Anthony Davis during All-Star Weekend. Then, of course, of course, right after All-Star Weekend, he's, he's on the shop. Of course he is, you know. It's, and I... It, it's world class. It's world class trolling at this point. It really is, and he has Anthony all the Davis, power to do it. He just strikes me as the kind of guy who doesn't get a haircut very often, as well. Like, I mean, I'm just go, mainly judging by the unibrow here, but uh, you know, he just seems like a kind of guy who's okay with uh, you know letting it go a little bit, getting a little bit of scrub going. So for him to be sitting in a barber chair, you know, so coincidentally, uh, you know, at the same time as all this this uh, failed trade attempt and everything's going down and this this overall coup, I don't know. I just don't. God, God bless Twitter that they'll just tell me what happens and I won't have to watch it myself. Oh, I have not watched an episode of the Shop. I have. I have. I have. It's pretty good. Is it good? Yeah, I, I just I always enjoy those styles of shows. Those like the the roundtable discussion. Those are always the better for me. Shows. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like them better than the, the you know, obviously scripted hangout shows where it's like your, your morning talk show stuff. So. I mean, I, I feel like this is just NBA Real Housewives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could say that. I don't mind it. I, I eat it up. I, I like those discussions, but... All right, well, let's let's dig into the drama a little bit more because there was a story that came out earlier this week that uh, James Dolan is apparently taking offers on the New York Knicks. Um, we've been down this road before. Like th- We've heard this story before. This is old news. Do- Dolan's never selling this team. I don't understand what people need to learn... To, like. He's dying with this team. There's just no, there's no other way to get around it. This is. I, I know he doesn't like to run it. I know he's he said now that he doesn't know what he's doing with the basketball team. I can guarantee you that within a couple of years, his opinion will change, and he'll once again be meddling with our front office. It's been. I basically think this is Bill Simmons just trying to stir shit up and make the Knicks and try and cause havoc around the Knicks at this point. He's, he is just supremely upset and angry about everything that's going on with the Celtics. And it all resonates around Kyrie Irving and the possibilities going to the Knicks. And so he just did that to just cause more issues. I didn't think of that initially, but I don't think that you're wrong either. Yeah, I, I don't I wouldn't put it past, you know, that was what uh, was happening. It, it turned into a uh, I saw some disputes on Twitter. I know me and Brian were talking about it a little bit about um, you know whether it's a good thing if he sells the team or not and some of the some of the like at least Brian was like somewhat reasonable about it even though I could not possibly disagree more but like some people were just so outlandish they were like hey we know we know he's been really 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 miserable for two decades but could be worse the new owner with all this money might not even spend all that money. Wouldn't that be bad? At least Dolan cashes the checks. Or worse, one person actually said, that, who, what if the new owner moves the team to Seattle? Then what? <laughs> what? What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> are you serious? Uh, have you not seen the movie, Eddie? It's possible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, leave Eddie out of this. You know, no, no new owner is going to uproot the Knicks to move them to Seattle. That's not the team. They're going to... The, the Kings. You're you know, right. They would take it to St. Louis, not Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking so, of uh, New York teams with uh, relocation potential, do you guys see the Nets are 29th in uh, attendance rating? I I really honestly thought they would have no issues with attendance. I know tonight, like, I'm not... I'm I didn't gonna, think they'd be top 10 necessarily, but, like, 29th. Yeah, I just... I think that's pretty embarrassing. New Orleans is doing better than them. Yeah, like, I I think that's... I mean, the Nets are a fucking joke. No one cares. Well, let me pop back into Simmons, though, for a second, because I found this... (laughs) I found the the tweet that I love so much. That the... It took... One, two, three, four, five, six... All right, you know, it took... Five words to get Bill Simmons this fired up. It took Anthony Davis saying, It's a great franchise... For Bill Simmons to go, they're wrapping up a two-decade freefall. Their owner is a league-wide joke. It's the NBA's most paranoid organization. They've hired horrendously and overpaid the wrong free agents over and over again. They've had 12 coaches in 17 years, and they've won four finals games since 1973. So I got to tell Bill, like, he's not, you're not wrong per se, but you're mad, and it's funny. Yeah, he, he's always big mad at anything big that mad. Kyrie does now. Big mad. I mean, he's never uh, regular mad. He's Kyrie, never regular mad, especially they, they about ask, the Knicks and Kyrie. And no, no matter what Kyrie says to the media, Bill hates it. Oh Bill hates God. it. He's he angry. Hates Kyrie. I, yeah, I, he, he's just he's just very disgruntled and fed up with Kyrie. It seems, and it's it's adorable. And um, I don't. I I think if I had to pick one, and I, we said this like very early uh, early in the season about if we had to pick one free agent we were actually uh, more realistically you know we had we had some real belief in would come to the Knicks. i thought durant still would be the guy um you know but but kyrie i don't even know if he's actually gonna leave but you know this is this is hysterical okay. especially so, imagine if homer bill bashes kyrie all this time and then he resigns for five years in boston imagine the turn he's gonna have to take on that the 180. <laughs>
we're gonna get into Kyrie in one second. Let me just let me just remind the people to head to nickswall.com and check out. We have uh, we have a couple of really good articles up right now. I just wanna just wanna plug one or two of them. The f- uh, first one came out uh, today, and it's all about uh, Noah Vonley and how he's kind of like pretty much disappeared from the rotation. And we haven't really talked about him too much, but uh, if you head to nickswall.com, I'm trying to figure out who wrote that piece. Yeah, it was Harry Leo. Harrison Leo, host of the uh, Reddit NBA podcast as well. Uh, he he is discussing just just what is happening with Noah Vonley, how he went from a prominent starter in the lineup to a piece off the bench. So uh, check that out. We have plenty of other good articles up there. We're playing on Twitch, you know, pretty much most nights of the week, three, four nights of the week. Uh, you know, we got, we got TKW highlights coming out all the time. There's plenty, plenty of media coming out from the Knicks wall, uh, and you can pretty much find all of it if you're subscribed to uh, you know, our YouTube channel, our, our Twitch channel, if you're following us on Twitter. Uh, yeah, all of that. And follow my co-hosts here, too, because they're great. Well, now uh, I want to I wanna dig into the tea leaves a little bit. I want to talk about why Kyrie Irving is mad. You know, we talked about why Bill Simmons is mad, but you know, Kyrie had an interview with, uh, with Rachel Nichols, and, uh, well, all right, let's, let's just play the audio for the people. You know, you obviously have expectations to live up to individually, but as a team, you know, it's a lot to figure out all in one year, um, you know, bringing a lot more talent. You know, we didn't fill in just, just pieces here and there. We filled in pieces with great players. So, you know, a lot has changed in the, since the beginning of the season, but overall, I just want to win, and um, I'm going to dedicate myself every single day. And if i got to bring everybody else up with me, then that's just what I have to do. Your teammate Marcus Morris did say that it hasn't been fun. It hasn't been fun even when we've been winning a lot. Have you felt that? It's been a trying year for us, you know, because we basically have a bunch of young men in our locker room that feel like they're capable of doing a lot more than what they're doing. And that's okay, but there's a maturity that you have to have. There's a professionalism that you have to really showcase every single day. And that's what the great ones do. You know, I I initially didn't play the minutes I wanted to play. I'm 26 years old, heading into my prime. Like, why do I have to wait for anybody? You know, Terry Rozier is a, you know, he played in the playoffs. He did extremely well. Coming back, that's a natural competition that me and him have. Like, it's just, it is what it is. Like, no one wants to say it, but I will. It's part of their growth. When you have winning in mind, then, you know, you just, you got to understand that. You got to do what it takes, but you got to understand your teammates. So he, he calls out Terry Rozier by name. He goes, why do I have to wait for anybody? He says nobody else is going to say it, but, you know, he's going to be, so he's going to be one who does it. But, I mean, he's, he's taking shots at his teammates, like, on an interview with, you know, one of the biggest hosts and personalities on ESPN. I mean, this is kind of, it's not unprecedented necessarily, but this doesn't sound like a guy who's really in tune with what his teammates are feeling or like he wants to stick around there for too long. I just don't, I don't understand why, why any of that came out of Kyrie Irving's mouth in a public interview. Like that was insane. It doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like Kyrie is almost like Durant with training wheels. Like he's he, like he's trying to be controversial and trying to do the things that that Durant does and trying to you know have that not give a fuck attitude like like KD does, uh, but just isn't quite there and doesn't quite know how to buy into what he's saying and that's when he'll, he'll drop the like oh no I was joking or y'all take too much seriously or anything like that but th- I mean this is this is pretty uh, I I can't see him like walking back into the Boston locker room and everyone giving him smiles and dapping him up after that I I don't know how much. Again, I'm more pessimistic than everybody else just because I, I don't want to believe anything until I see it. I refuse to. But um, no, but, but, it, but it, it could also side. just be – it could also just be – my point is the comments that he's making might not be contempt for his teammates. It might just be, you know, I, I keep seeing that he liked that piece of advice from Kobe about sometimes if everything's going, you know, well and good and – you know, the team's winning and there's no real resistance. Sometimes you have to cause conflict, apparently, is a piece of advice that, that uh, Kobe gave him um, to, to do it, like, tactfully and figure it out and, and just to keep everyone on their toes and whatever, whatever bullshit Kobe was feeding. So I, I know that that's something that Kyrie has publicly said that he, he likes. But, um, it, again, I, I, I don't know. It, it could be anything, honestly. Kyrie's a weird dude in general. Um, so... 
I I really honest to God don't know. The Kobe stuff is scary. Like the just how much advice he's getting from Kobe and just how what you know what he takes to heart from Kobe Bryant. It it, it can I I don't know, but it just seems to me like it could be potentially a bit destructive down the line. Uh, Kobe obviously is a player who. I feel like looks a lot better then than he does now necessarily. I, you know, the, Chip. What's that? Five rings. Oh, five Count rings. Him. Count them. Count them. Count them, man. Yeah. yeah. It worked out so One, well two, for, three, Phil, for five. Phil Jackson and his fucking 11 or 13 or how many he had. Yeah, they worked it, out it, real it, well it for us have, last time. He does have a bonkers amount of rings. It is oh, it yes. is quite disgusting. But, yep, five rings and one rape accusation. Yeah, that, that is true. very much true. God, oh, I don't even... Kobe would be so gone. Like, there's no way he gets away with any of that today, but it's that's neither here nor there. Uh, I just, you know, the the Kobe stuff kind of bothers me only because I've seen, it seems like Kyrie has almost had a bit of a a mid-career transformation into trying to be more controversial than he had ever been previously. And a lot of that, you know, has to do with the, the narrative of him living in LeBron's shadow and then leaving LeBron's shadow and all that, but... Uh, he's, I mean, he is just a, a very interesting person based off of his storyline and his circumstance in the NBA so far. Uh, he's, he's kind of a, a bit of an unpredictable star. He doesn't have a career that's really mirrored too many other players in the past. Yeah, him and Katie are going to look great together in New York. Well, we also have the video. We have the, uh, the all-star game uh, talking in the tunnels. Where uh, Kyrie Irving, where you know they're joking around, whatever they're laughing at each other, walking around the tunnel, and then Kyrie Irving holds up something that looks like two fingers, uh, and then mouths something that looks like two max slots, or as so Twitter has uh, transcribed that. I, I have thoughts on this. I, that... Go for, go for it, go for it. I want to hear him. Okay. He did not say two max slots, and if he did say two max slots. And if he did say two max slots, it's the most obvious troll job in NBA history, what this is coming to. So I, I don't even want to say like, oh, like it's the worst kept, you know, kept secret. But I mean, I, I think at this point, these are guys that know how the media has been spinning things with them or at least reporting about them. Uh, they've been fed up for the last couple of months dealing with the media. So I think doing something very outwardly obvious where everybody has a camera, you know, right before the game starts, right in the hole. You know, like, it, it just seemed too obvious. Okay, like, but here's, it, here's the deal, yeah. Kyle. That all makes sense. But we're reading the tea leaves here, so I need you to be, I need you to be out outlandish about this. What do the tea leaves say? In your heart of hearts, is it happening? I... No, I, I still don't think. I still no, I, I I still don't think it's gonna happen. It's it it oh, it would take a tremendous a, a tremendous stroke of luck to get one or both of those guys. And uh, I I just I, I think a lot of it depends on how the Celtics finish the season too. So the the thing about that is with Kyrie. See, I think KD pays attention to the media stuff. I don't think Kyrie is. I don't think he's like on his Twitter updating, reading things and seeing what people are writing about him. I think he's just off in his own little world. Durant's paying attention to everything. I don't know about that. Cause I mean, after, after he was asked about the whole, you know, two finger incident, whatever he, uh, you know, he was like, y'all got to stop reading into this shit or whatever. He was saying, he was saying things like, you know, I'm just sitting here with, you know, standing there talking with my best friend uh, or one of my best friends. He said, and he's just like, you know, you got to stop. You, everyone's got to stop reading into the shit. I think it is starting to bother him because I think he's he's getting to a point where he just can't ignore everything anymore. That's because he gets asked about it all the time. Sure, that's true. I just, you know, there was this thing that's like, I, I was listening to like the, the Ringers NBA show today and they were saying, I can't remember exactly who it was who was saying it, but they were, they were talking about how, uh, you know, it, they made a good point where Kyrie tries to do, do this thing where, He's like tries to be the the quiet anti-star who doesn't want to deal with any of the media attention or anything, but and then he goes on like an interview with Rachel Nichols where he, he calls out Terry Rozier by name, and you know talks about how he doesn't want to have to wait for anybody else because he's a 26 year old entering his prime. It's just 
it, it's fascinating to me how and you know what they were saying as well it just how duplicitous he can be at times you know you know he want he wants that that major star he wants to be like he wants the Kevin Durant but he's got too much of Kawhi in him too at the same time so he just jostles back and forth on just what kind of star he is so he, he's just a fascinating player to try to read I think you you put it really well there about how he goes back and forth like that because remember he he did want to leave Cleveland to have his own team and and run a contender basically. It sounded like a dinosaur. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was like a like a rancor or something or some kind of Star Wars yeah. creature. I, I was I was hovering the whole time. I was clicking in and out of the mute. I was I was, I was trying to time it correctly. Uh, Oh, that was great. Yeah, I love how I love how uh, you know Mello and uh, not really Mello because he's quiet, but Mason always tries to interject on the pod too. And so your way of fixing this issue is you went and got another dog. <laughs> yeah, that that is correct. Yes, wonderful. Well, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's just this whole this whole situation is fascinating. And then we have on the you know, the other side of things we have we have Kevin Durant and we have. You know, Sam Amick is, is doing the interview with, with Colin Coward earlier this week. Were you talking about, you know, Coward thinks that uh, Durant's staying in, in Golden State because what he cares more about than anything else is being above LeBron. And his argument is that, you know, for getting the, the four championships or however many he ends up getting there will catapult him into that next area. And that matters. Uh, but then, you know, Amick starts talking about how, you know, Durant might buy into the whole ideal that it, that reviving the Knicks means more than winning a championship in other places. And that his people, he specifically, the quote was his people have talked about New York in alarming terms. But this Kevin Durant to the Knicks thing, here's why I keep pushing back is that Kevin from, I mean, from Wojan, I've read stories that it does matter to Kevin. He does want to be seen at some point as superior to LeBron, at least on the floor. He won his first title, Sam, and about 10% of the people said he's better than LeBron, but it washed out. He wins last right. year, about 25% of the people are like, you know, he's, he's better than LeBron, and it washes away. If he, right. if he wins it this year, you're going to get about half the people that say, LeBron can't make the playoffs, this guy's the finals MVP, and here's my pushback. That's if he wins this year, and I think they will. If he came back and did it a fourth, I think, and I think Golden State, based on, you know, can the egos maintain? But God, right. Sam, if he won four there, I think there's a lot of people in, in bars and sports bars around America that they're just going to say Kevin's better than LeBron. And I think it matters to Kevin. I don't see him leaving Golden State soon. Do you? And right now I do. And honestly, everything you said makes a ton of sense. I think the one part, that you glossed over a little bit and, and bear in mind, you know, I'm based pretty close to the warriors. I'm around them a lot is that the human component and these guys sharing the same oxygen for so many years now is a major factor. And, you know, does that mean that when, you know, June 30th gets there and he's got to really make up his mind that, that he doesn't kind of recalibrate and decide that what you're talking about makes a ton of sense. The idea of just stacking up these chips, he could hundred percent. The next thing is fascinating though, because as you know, there's this kind of unique calculus in sports media and sports fandom where the idea of getting one championship in New York is worth however many somewhere else. And that's where I think in his mind, that prospect of going there, doing something like that, obviously that's a pretty tough mountain to climb, but doing it in that market, in that city, with that friendship he has with Jay-Z, who knows better than anybody, kind of what New York can bring you. I think that is what he's looking at. And it's funny because as I was waiting to jump on with you, I heard you breaking down the Russell Wilson story and the idea that back channel conversations, as you know, agent conversations drive a lot of this conversation that we have. And that's the bottom line about Kevin's situation right now is that his people have gone around the league and talked in pretty, you know, kind of alarming terms about the New York possibility. That's why we're talking about it so much. There is something to that too. I mean, he's a guy who's, he's plugged in. He's in the area. Like he, he knows this team and um, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's, Alarming terms is is a interesting turn of phrase to you that use there, and it can go like in both ways. But right now, the way that I'm reading into that is that it, it's he's talking about leaving for New York in, in an alarming fashion. So there's a, there's a couple things off of this. One, I just want to talk about Colin Coward for a second. He's just making up numbers and acting like it's fact. That's the best part of the entire quote. 
he goes, well, when KD won his first champ, like 10% of the people said he was better than LeBron. Then after he won the second, 25% of the people said he was better than LeBron. And now yeah. when he wins the third, it's 50% of the people are, are going to say he's better than LeBron. Who the fuck are you? Like, what the fuck are you making up shit for? Like, you're just you're just pulling numbers out of your ass. Get the hell out of here, man. I yeah. hate clowns like that. I mean, but you like, know, what but, are you but doing? in fairness, you know what's funny is the premise of his gun, like his point was was correct. Like that that that's just what happens with narratives. They slowly build over time until the evidence is irrefutable, and then we go, ah, it should have been like this longer. You know, like we do it with even like the best player in the league thing. Um, remember, people were reluctant to give it up. To LeBron, even it through like what 2012, 2013, we're like, guys, it, it's very obviously LeBron, and they're just like, no, Kobe, it's still Kobe, it's still Kobe. It's it, it's not, but it's just the way narratives tend to work. So like, I I get, get the the narrative building part of that, but then you can't just throw out <laughs> fake statistics like that's that that'll lose anybody. Like like the point was fine; it was an actually pretty correct point. But you can't just throw numbers in because then because then that was my reaction. And I was like, well, where did you get 25 percent from? <laughs> yeah. like, and, and it wasn't even like I was trying to be sassy. And I was like, oh, was it 25 percent? Where did you where did you do the polling? Well, well, all right. So beyond beyond the numbers, do you like there's two very uh, opposing kind of like schools of thought here for what Durant could possibly be thinking. Like, is he the kind of person that's going to care about surpassing LeBron's legacy and winning as much as possible? Or is he the kind of guy who is trying to head to to New York because that you know he wants his team. He wants to rebuild a team. He wants to have his team now. Uh, you know he always shared the team with Russ, and you know then he obviously went to the Warriors, and you know was was more of a cog in the machine than the person himself. So we we have you know two very very opposing schools of thought here. And I just which one do you think is the true Durant? Is he is he the one who wants to win the most, or is he the one who's trying to you know do things on his own terms? I, I think it's more of the act point. Like th this stuff isn't coming out of thin air. It's coming from Durant's people, and they're making what he wants to do very well known. And I think disputing it, I think you're more wrong to dispute what he's that he's planning to leave than the opposite. What do you think alarming terms means? Do you think like alarming, like he like? You know, he he was he's he's out the door like the second that the team is done playing. Like, is 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 Tim, alarming mean that he's going to sit games out? Like, what what does alarming mean here? Alarming means what, like when Woj wasn't allowed to tweet. Um, what was it? Uh, he he wasn't allowed to tweet the picks before they happened anymore. So he very spitefully, and and he got very petty and he started tweeting. The Knicks are lasered in on, you know, that Kevin was Knox. Wonderful. That was extraordinary. Yeah, but he had but he had a new one for every rookie and he just he just zapped. He just zapped he, just, he zapped everybody. He he got it he got it done his own way. So one to me it's it's the same moments. Yeah, so to me it's one of those kinds of moments where you can't, you know, as as a reporter say, Oh, it's definitely happening. I know it's happening. I have it on good authority. Like this early. You can't. You're not gonna do that because the person leaking information to you isn't going to want you to say it's 100% certainty. You know, this is solely built throughout the season. That's on purpose. So to me, it's it's more of like that's as far like that's as close as him saying like, hey, it, it, it's a lock like he's going without him being able to say it's a lock. He's going like that's basically him saying Kevin Durant's people have told him they are, you know, they're everybody they're, that he's going to the Knicks, period. Like that. That was my take on it. Now, I don't know if that's for to force the Warriors' hand, maybe get rid of Draymond. You know, give KD another max. He can ride off into the say, sunset. Draymond been? I haven't heard a peep out of Draymond in months. He's been playing good basketball again, is what he's been doing. Yeah. Yes. That's not exciting. That's not fun. It is because I think it's better if the Warriors win it all than if they lose. Yeah, but I, I, I want to hear. I, I want the drama. What do you? No, what do you, I just want the Warriors for? to win. I'm here for Kevin Durant to be on the Knicks. If, if if they win, I think he's an unquestioned top 10 or 15 player. Like, I mean, I think he's already, I would make the case that he's there already, but I mean, this would sort of cement that, right? I mean, he'd have the MVPs, the scoring titles. He's going to start moving up the scoring records. He'd have four, no, three championships. I mean, he's the all-time greatest player in NBA history. I don't know what else there is to dispute. 
Okay. Man. Okay. We really glossed over. We really just blamed uh, Dolan trying to sell the Knicks on Bill Simmons very quickly there, didn't we? We 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 forced that right onto him, and I, I appreciate that. I am here for forcing whatever problems we have onto Bill Simmons in the future. Well, he might not pick up our podcast then. Oh, what a shame. Obviously not a ton left to talk about in Nick's land uh, on this episode. Um, so real quick, why don't, why don't we just take a look at what the Knicks have ahead of them coming up? So, uh, you know, tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening, uh, Friday is the Knicks next game. They will be playing against, man, I always do this. I just transitioned to something before I'm even prepared. The Minnesota Timberwolves uh, playing at home. Uh I you know it's it's going to be interesting to see what the lineups look like in this game. I think that's really what we're all looking for. We're looking at that you know who's rested. We obviously are, are most likely going to have Moutier back in this game. Uh, it's yeah. I, I what storylines are we looking for now after the All Star break? I mean, who who are we really looking to see minutes out of here? Who are we looking to see like really establish themselves as you know in these last what twenty four games? There's only one player on the Knicks who matters, Mitchell Robinson. That's all I'm here for. Basically, Dan Giberman here. Basically, I just need, even if Mitch isn't sustaining like the high level of play that he's at right now, at least just keep not getting into foul trouble. Just stay on the floor so you can play through your bad games. You know that that's all that I really hope to see from Mitch. Because all I'm really caring about is three guys. Is I'd, I'd like to see something from Frank, but he's not on my priority list anymore. It's it's Mitch. It's Knox, and it's Dennis Smith Jr. I like some stuff I've seen from Dennis Smith Jr. Been a couple of pretty bad games, too. Um, just trying to see what he could do down the stretch here. I think we got 24 games left. So it's a decent Ugh. sample. It's a decent, yeah, it's, it's a decent chunk of change here. So. Oh, I'm complaining about there being 24 games I, I left. That's what I, I know, I know. Whew, God, it is. It's a, it's, it's like a long year when they're bad. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd like to see him string something together like and really – I think for hit for him to be, you know, the best player on this team for the rest of the year and really look good and he's scoring a lot, assisting a lot, turnovers are down, he's shooting a little better. Like just something to really ride high because if the Knicks swing and miss, I at least want to feel good about like really good about potential star power in one player. Um and Knox just please shoot over forty percent. Just just keep it over forty percent. That's all I ask, buddy. Yeah. Just how about for one game? Just just <laughs> one game. One game and I and, and you guys know I love Kevin Knox. Um, just, just please, but like, we're, we're rooting for you, buddy, but this is not it, my friend. We, we, we can't do, we, we cannot do these 30, 33, you know, percent field goal pursuing, uh, percent shooting nights with, with the bad defense and, and you're not hitting the boards. And I, I think he's going to be a hell of a pro one day, but right now, buddy, I just 40%, 40% up. That's not bad. It's four to every 10 shots. You, we've seen you do it in December. Um, it almost can't get worse. So please, just shoot a little bit better. No, on a serious note, I just I would I just want to see I want to see Mitch Knox, Dotson, Frank, and Dennis Smith Jr. play significant time together once uh, Frank is healthy, and just let me be entertained by that. On that same note, like I want to I want to continue to see what we've seen out of Trier over the last couple of uh, weeks. You know, off the bench, he's, he's looked pretty solid again. He's kind of regaining the early season form. Uh, you guys mentioned Dennis Smith. I mean, that's, you know, Do- figuring out where Damian Dotson can fit into the lineup. Like, this is getting to the end of his second season. He needs to kind of establish where he's going to be, if he's going to be, you know, kind of a, a starter for a little period of time, if he's going to be a, a bench player for this team, or if he's just not going to be in the rotation. Like, need to see a little bit more out of him. Hizonia, I don't care about. Uh, Luke Cornett, I'd like to still see him play a good amount just to see, you know, because I'm not – I'm at a point where I don't know if there's anything in him or if there is, you know, if there is going to be an NBA player, you know, out of him one of these days. Uh, maybe a little reunion tour or a revival tour for Noah Vonley would be great. Um, I, do you know how many minute, how many games Isaiah Hicks has played in this year? I think he just played in the one. He's played in one game. Do you know how many minutes yeah. he's played this year? Ten, maybe. It wasn't a lot. He's played one minute. 
Yeah, I mean, he was he was in for yeah. Ten was generous. Yeah, in hindsight. So I'd, I'd I'd like to see him play uh, a little bit more, but uh, I mean I don't know. I'd like to see him go back to the G League probably, get his run there. These guys the Cavs been on the roster for two years now. I mean you gotta see if there's anything to this guy. Hey, the Cavs beat the Suns. Is that good or bad? Oh wow! Uh, you said Cavs beat, and I got real excited for a minute, and then you said Suns, and I just I don't even know. I think that's good. I, I, of, of either of those two teams, I'd probably rather get the see the Cavs get that win. I'm pulling up Tankathon now. I refuse. That was, I, I no, refuse that was bad. That was bad. That was that bad. Was bad. <laughs> that's my the Suns. Uh, I can't. The, we're, in the, when we're I, in the second spot now. I refuse to, to run Tankathon until the actual draft. I'll run Tankathon once on the night of the draft, but I refuse to until then. I hate the mock drafts. I haven't done it all season. I hate the mock. Don't don't mock. Like I'll do the Tankathon thing for TKW because it's fun. Everybody enjoys that. Right. I even I get I, you I, I do enjoy it twelve like, times so you get the number one pick and then you tweet right. it out. I know. Yeah. Right. Right. You know the game is the game, right? But I, I can't stand like. The daily speculation, like, oh, today we got RJ. Oh, today we have Zion. Oh, it's yeah. it, it's like it's like, like if, if we're at the bottom, like I'll I'll make the Zion jokes, whatever. But like when we're bouncing around between one and three, um, we we need breathing room here before we get nuts. Like I will say though that if you're gonna look at any uh you know any any draft rankings or coverage or anything like that, Mike Cortez is about to have the third edition of his draft board come out this Tuesday. Uh, so, I mean, if you're a Knicks fan, that's the only one you're really going to care about because it's all, all the guys that could potentially be falling to us. And, and Mike knows these players better than any of us on this pod. So definitely go check out that piece. The Suns and Knicks play on March 6th. I will be at that game. I, most likely they're not going to have a combined 30 wins between the two teams No. on March 6th. Knicks don't hit like, I mean, this is kind of an obvious question but Knicks don't hit 20 wins this season right no will they will they hit 20 will 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 it be 25 combined wins by the time that game comes around what are the Suns now like do they have 11 or are they at 10 still they're at 11 and the Knicks are at what 11 so 20 20 right now what is that what'd you say that is in the ninth uh, March 6th March 6th oh Jesus Christ that's even closer uh, how many games do they have before then? They have one, two, three, four, five. Knicks have six games up until then. Um, the Suns have one, two, three, four, five. So what we could have potentially, yeah, the most they could have is what, like 33 wins? They basically, they need to win between the two teams to get to 25. What they need to win three games yeah, they're at 22. They would need to win three games between the two teams to have a combined 25 Oof. wins by the time I go to the game. I mean, to be honest, the Knicks' upcoming schedule, I mean, they got they got the Wolves on Friday. They got the Spurs on Sunday, which will be tough. Then they got Magic on Tuesday, Cavs on Thursday, Clippers the following Sunday, and then the Kings, uh, and then the Suns game. So, I mean, this is probably the Knicks' easiest stretch of the year. Ugh. I don't know. You just said the Magic, and the Magic have beat the absolute dog shit out of the Knicks two times this oh, season. Oh, I hope they so. do. I hope they do. I hope Markel Fultz comes back in that game and scores 30 on us. I really hope he does well down there. Me too. I really, I really liked him out of, coming out of college, and this has been such a baffling episode, and I just hope whatever whatever happens now is just he gets back on track and he has a good career because that kid was supposed to be special i read somebody like diagnosed what his nerve thing was like on twitter months before the official philly diagnosis was and it was like it made total sense to me when i read it there the whole the nerve damage and everything like that and the guy was like you know a, a medical student so he explained exactly how the nerves work and i'm like yeah i'm sold and that it ended up being exactly what it was uh it's just kind of surprising to me how you know medical students and then you know people who are in school for this right now figure this out before a an nba medical staff did or did they i don't know who knows what's going on behind the scenes with that with that whole philly situation man for as good of a roster as they have right now with all that they've pulled off like there have been some shit show moments for that franchise lately it's still kill to be them though <laughs> all right do we have anything else we're trying to get into today i got nothing all right. Yeah, this is uh 
the calm before the storm. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. There's plenty of more losing on the horizon for the Knicks. Um, plenty more things to figure out for the rest of the season. So uh, thanks to everyone for sticking by us so far. Again, just make sure you're following us on all platforms, whether that be Twitter or Instagram or even our Facebook page. You can go to our YouTube page, subscribe to everything. Read our writers' work. They're fantastic. They're breaking down this team like nobody else is out there. Um, you know, listen to us. We're here twice a week. We're, you know, we're, just, we're just here to talk to you. Nobody else. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this episode of the TKW Podcast, though. We will talk to you all next week. Take care, Paul.